Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. Today, I'm excited to bring you the audio of this past week's Senior Chapel Talks by Luke Terry, Jolie Harima, and Trent Wiesian, TMI Class of 2019. Our first featured talk is from Luke Terry. Luke started at TMI as a junior and is hoping to attend Trinity or Texas A&M next fall. When not in class, you'll find Luke playing football or spending time with friends. Thank you for listening, and now enjoy this Senior Chapel Talk. Trying to write my chapel talk this summer, I spent much of my time desperately thinking of some hardship or some life-altering event that would present a message I could share with you. But I came to a horrifying realization. My life really hasn't been that bad. My life has been full of wonderful people, and I've been blessed with some amazing opportunities. Any of the hardship I have faced has been made insignificant. That's not to say I haven't faced any, though. I've dealt with death and loss, and I've been forced to make difficult transitions that were incredibly hard on me. I've also suffered through injury before, like the time last year when I kicked the ground during a football game and tore my meniscus, or on my ninth birthday when, in an attempt to tackle my friend, I hit my, my head on a glass coffee table and needed stitches. But despite all of that, I can recognize that my life has been pretty great. Originally, I was convinced that I needed to share some hardship, some negative from my life, so that's all I was focused on. And I realized that I was focused on the negative, not just in writing this chapel talk, but for much of my life. For much of my life, I've had a real lack of awareness and failed to see the good in any situation. Freshman year, I rolled my ankles severely. It made me miss a playoff game in basketball and held me out of two months of baseball. I was so focused on these things that I wasn't able to see any good in that situation. I was given two months where I could have improved myself in other areas, but rather, my mind was fixed on the negatives. More importantly though, in situations like this, I very rarely, if ever, considered the things I did or said and how they impacted the people around me. And this proved problematic for me. Because of my injury, I was so focused on getting healthy that I distanced myself from and consequently damaged my relationship with those who were closest to me. My short-sightedness continued into the summer of my freshman year. I love sports. I always have and I always will. As an athlete, I've always strived to be the best I can be. And at the end of my freshman year, this led me to become fixed on the idea that I needed to be playing competitively to be successful. In reality, though, this was not at all true. And my fixation on finding a way to compete led me to a summer of disappointment, struggle, and unhappiness, both on my end and that of my parents. I was originally so fixed on my desire and need to be plain, but as the summer moved forward, I struggled to find any good coming from the situation. Moreover, I failed to see how the things I did and said were impacting the people around me. Looking back on the situation, I can see how my parents struggled, watching me grow disappointed and defeated. 
In hindsight, it is clear that my family made many sacrifices to afford me that opportunity. But rather than being thankful, I took my frustrations out and distanced myself from them. However, one of the more recent hardships helped me to piece together something incredibly important. This hardship, and I struggle to even call it that, was transferring here to TMI. Transferring schools was something I had gone through and struggled with before. However, I will admit my, my experience from the third grade was in no way helped by the fact that I tore my pants on the first day of school. Nonetheless, the prospect of leaving a school with all my closest friends, teammates, coaches, and teachers was an intimidating thought, as was the idea of coming to a school that was larger and more challenging. However, the day that I toured TMI, I was introduced to the football team. Soon after that, any worries that I previously had vanished quickly. I remember the team busting out of the weight room, and I remember the enthusiastic handshake from Will Oliver that ensued. In the weeks to come, I became so close to this group of friends that we even bought a boat together. And I believe that creates some kind of bond that can't be broken. Even if it was only $20 and inflatable, and restricted to Grant's possession for well over a year. Since then, though, things have only gotten better for me as I've been introduced to so many new people, experienced so many new things, and been granted opportunities that otherwise I would have never had. So, since the conclusion of these two periods of my life, my freshman year and my transition here to TMI, I've connected these two things. My focus on the negative and my lack of awareness, as well as the overwhelming amount of good in my life, and reached this conclusion. My life has been so good, so happy and positive, not because of my own doing, but thanks in large part to those people in my life. My closest friends, teachers, coaches, and especially my family. I was only ever looking at one side of things, but looking back now, I can think about many of the compromises that have been made, and more so, many sacrifices. Throughout all of my life, I've gotten everything I've wanted. I've been blessed with such amazing opportunities, but I can certainly admit I've taken for granted many of them. As I move forward to college next year and continue into new chapters of my life, I understand there will be major, major changes and more hardship than I have faced before. I will be leaving my parents, my friends, my home, and maybe even my city. Despite these things, though, I know I need to focus on the best of my situation. Focus on the good, especially the great people, those who are closest to me. Because at the end of the day, I know that these people, my family, and my friends will be there for me in any situation. So, TMI, I urge you to do the same. There is no question that we will face hardship in our lives. Many of us face hardship in our everyday endeavors here at TMI. But there is too much good happening every day in this community to let these hardships cloud our vision. Find the silver linings, and as we've heard many times before, take advantage of everything TMI has to offer, especially those people who are there for you no matter what. Rely on these people in your life, your teachers, coaches, teammates and classmates, 
your, your closest friends, and your family. Because at the end of the day, they will be there for you no matter what. Thank you. Our second featured talk is from Jolie Harima. Joe started at TMI as a sophomore and is hoping to attend Indiana University or the University of Nevada, Las Vegas next fall to study nursing. When not in class, you'll find Joe expressing her artistic side, drawing or playing music. I don't eat breakfast and I don't eat lunch. It's probably been about four years since I ate three meals a day. Not because of inconvenience, but because I have clinical depression, generalized anxiety, and as a result, I've developed an eating disorder. I've always been depressed. Ever since I can remember, my emotions have been out of control. When I was little, this manifested as violent outbursts and fighting with family members. But it wasn't until middle school that I started to realize that there was something really wrong with me. I found myself a confused outcast, making weekly scheduled visits to the school counselor. This was the first time I wanted to hurt myself. But looking back, those struggles seem so easy now. Freshman year, I was more alone than ever. In a desperate attempt to get away from my problems, I attended an all-girls boarding school in Washington. It seems obvious to me now that this would make me feel more alone than ever, but at the time, it seemed the only way to escape. I had lost control. I felt powerless in my life, so I took control of the one thing it seemed I did have power over, my body. I stopped eating consistently, down to a soda and a bag of chips per day from the laundry room. I started to pull away from my classes as a result of my fatigue, and my grade slipped, which only fueled the cycle. The first time I made myself throw up was Halloween 2015. I had just gone to a party, which made me feel isolated and confused. I guess I was tired too, which is why looking back, none of it makes sense now. It's really hard to remember. What I recall was sneaking out of my dorm to take a hot shower. I turned the shower all the way up until it burned my skin, but I was so depressed I couldn't even feel it. It's really hard to translate, but I felt like I had to burn my feelings out. Like I could wash away everything I hated myself and come out feeling cleaner. The combination of an empty stomach and steam so thick I could hardly breathe had me rushing to throw up, and somehow I got it in my head that that's what fixed everything. So that's how I coped. Whenever I felt guilty or disgusted with myself, I could always just vomit it up. But that didn't solve my problems, and I soon found out that hiding, throwing up, or the fact that I never ate anything was hard, and it seemed more tempting to just stop being alive. I remember stopping in a passing period to stare out a window. It looked so inviting, like I knew jumping out would end everything that was going on. I stayed there looking out in a trance for a long time. I don't even know how long. I just know that I missed the start of class because one of my teachers found me in the hallway, and I hadn't even heard the bell. So that's when I admitted to a counselor that I couldn't get it out of my head to jump, and they put me on suicide watch. It sucked. I had to be watched 24-7, even when I went to the bathroom. I had to be escorted everywhere. They had to watch me while I ate. Nothing sharp. No strings, no shoelaces. They barely even let me upstairs. 
I felt like a huge burden on everyone until I was finally sent away because I was a risk to have on campus. I had to stay with a friend of my parents because they were states away, and it was decided I needed to come home, and so I was sent away from my dream school. Of course, this felt like a punishment, but again, now looking back, I wouldn't trade coming home for the world. I still talk to some people from there, and I miss them, of course, and I think a lot about how everything would have been different if I stayed. But I couldn't have. I have to keep reminding myself how miserable things were, or I'll get carried away imagining how they could have been. Because now I'm here, and it took a lot to get to this year. I can tell you that TMI brought me my absolute worst times, things that made everything else feel easy. Of course, after we moved here, there were the obvious problems. My family was split between states to accommodate my dad's work, and my mom had to stay here so that I could go to school. So I felt abandoned and guilty. I had felt even more depressed and out of control than I ever had before, and with no one, nowhere left to turn, of course, I went back to throwing up. It got rewarding, you know? I kept having to hem my skirts because of how much thinner it was making me, and seeing those inches fall off made me feel accomplished. Like I was worth something when coming to school made me feel like I wasn't. Like meeting a weight requirement would make people be nicer to me. Like thin was good. It wasn't until this summer when I tracked myself eating 300 calories a day and burning over 2,000 that I told someone I had a problem. And I only told my therapist this month. I only came out to my parents about it this summer. And you know what? It isn't over. It's been over 10 days since I last threw up. I do eat every day. I'm talking to my therapist and I'm starting group sessions to try to get better. I'm trying. But there are still some days when I can't pull myself out of that trance, where I look over the balcony and consider if jumping would be easier. I still get nauseous every time I eat, and I still have to be watched. I guess what I'm trying to say is it isn't easy. Saying you want to get better and then you want help is amazingly difficult, but the road to recovery, it's even harder. I think more days than not when I wake up from nightmares or when I'm shaking because I can't get out of a flashback, I wonder why I can't just give up because every day is a struggle. But it's okay. Having bad days is okay. It just marks that you've made progress. Everyone's fighting something huge, even if it doesn't seem huge in comparison to other people's struggles. It's huge to you. And fighting is hard, really hard. But it's okay not to be better. It's okay to be broken some days and to fall apart. It's okay to ask for help and to receive it. It's okay to be angry and hurt and embarrassed and scared and lost. It's okay to feel abandoned, like praying and hoping and trying is never gonna help. Because you're still going, you're still pushing to get better. Wherever you are, even if it feels like you're at the bottom and falling, it's okay to be there. Because one day, you might look back and be so glad that you kept going. I know I am. Thank you. Our final chapel talk from last week is by Trent Wiesian. 
Trent shares his story about overcoming challenges and encourages the community to focus on and celebrate the successes in life. Silence. Silence is the only thing that I can make out from the outside world. Then I heard my heart slowly beating as I breathe out, then in, and then back out. I finally took the shot. What I wanted to happen, though, wasn't exactly the product. A mighty gust of western Wyoming wind knocked into my body and sent my bullet off course. I did not hit my target. Everything I had worked for to get to this national competition, every minute of sighting in my scope, every hour of practicing in the Texas scorching sun, and every casing ejected out of my 22 rifle was for nothing. For the past three years of my life, I have been a member of the Texas High School Rodeo Association, competing in a number of events, including calf roping, cutting, shotgun, and light rifle shooting. The Texas Association is composed of 10 regions, and Texas is one of the 50 states and four countries in the National High School Rodeo Association. Every year, contestants qualify for the state finals through their regions, and from there, qualify for the national finals in the oil industrial town of Rock Springs, Wyoming. The Sweetwater County Event Center hosts the rodeo with about 1,500 high school contestants hailing from the United States, Canada, Mexico, and even Australia. The rodeo grounds are a wall-to-wall -wall of living quarter horse trailers as these kids and their families set up for the week of competition. It is the largest rodeo in the world. This past summer at the state competition, I placed third and landed one of four national qualifying spots in light rifle, sending me with the Texas rodeo team to the nationals. There, I would compete with the top shooters for the coveted world champion belt buckle. The day before my competition, my mom and I checked the draw to see which flight I would be in. We were a bit disappointed when we saw that I had been drawn up into the last flight. However, I thought the situation would be manageable. I would compensate for a little afternoon wind. The next day, however, brought more cause for concern. Because the competition started late that morning, creating a time lag that grew exponentially, by the afternoon, the wind had picked up worse than we had expected. In the flight before mine, the wind whipped three targets off of their stands, sending kids after their targets in the dusty sandstorm. My flight entered the range at 4.30 in the afternoon, three hours later than my posted flight time. As I stepped onto the range, the wind gusted wildly. My mom told me later that she had been monitoring the weather and said that there were gusts clocked up to speeds of 20 miles, 28 miles per hour. As I prepared to shoot, the range had become a wind tunnel. However, I didn't let this affect me, and I stayed focused as I stapled my paper targets to the stand, prepared my rifle, and aligned my mind with the mental image of a bullet piercing a bullseye. However, the wind had a different idea, and every time I squeezed the trigger, a big nut gust obnoxiously hit my body, causing my bullet to miss the mark just about every single time. However, the wind had a different idea 
A few hours after the contest, I reviewed my scores. They were the worst I had ever shot in a competition. I hadn't made it to the finals, and interestingly enough, not a single person in my flight made the finals either. The wind had beaten all of us that afternoon. After thinking about a few choice words for my foe, the wind, and after feeling a little sorry for myself, I began to feel better. The burden of failure became lighter and my spirits picked up. I didn't achieve my goal that day, but I knew that I had done everything within my power to succeed. And I knew that under different weather conditions, I would have done well. I stopped fretting and my mom and I headed to the campsite of our Texas rodeo friends for a tenderloin and Dutch oven cobbler dinner. Outdoor cooking always seemed to make everything better. My relatively short life has had other disappointing experiences, like the time last spring when I backed into a truck at my best friend Ben's house. That truck happened to belong to my friend's dad, Mr. Hirsch. Thankfully, I didn't hurt Mr. Hirsch's truck. My truck, on the other hand, looked as if someone had bludgeoned it with a sledgehammer. After apologizing to Mr. Hirsch, I drove home and made a few mental notes. Be more careful. Slow down. Look behind yourself before backing up. I could have spent the rest of that day kicking myself, but I moved on with my day. Of course, the kicking really started when I got home and told my mom and dad. This ability to move on after experiencing disappointment in my life has served me well. From less than stellar test scores, to forgotten homework assignments, to dented truck fenders, I obviously know that past mistakes teach me to do better in the future. I can study harder, make lists, and drive more carefully. However, if I knew that I had done everything within my power to succeed, then I know I have won, no matter what the score. And if I do not succeed and I have not done my best, I know that I can change the situation the next time. I know that dwelling negatively on failure caused by factors outside of my control will cause a bad situation to get worse, or dwelling negatively on the past will help me keep from looking forward with a positive attitude. So I challenge you fellow students of TMI, the next time that you find yourself over a less than successful outcome or agonizing over factors outside your control, tell yourself this. You can only prepare well and do your best. You cannot control people and circumstances outside your control. You cannot change the past. Bad winds will come whipping through your life and you will have a few dents and dings, but keep pressing forward. Although I didn't win the champion light rifle belt buckle that summer, Texas won the team championship and I received a team buckle. I personally didn't win my event, but I got to be part of something bigger a big successful team. So remember this, a lot more things will go right in life than things that will go wrong. Celebrate and be grateful for those things that go right. Celebrate your success. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, 
Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.